raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Good morning. It is Thursday, February 22nd. It is four minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So this morning, a great number of Americans are waking up and their cell phone is not working. Cellular outages for AT&T, Cricket Wireless. In some cases, T-Mobile and other services providers uh, do not have their cellular. You hit the nail on the head last hour. How's that? Well, you made the point that let's say your power goes out. Mm Mm-hmm. And you'll get a message from the power company and they'll say, hey, your power is out. A thousand people are affected by this. We're working diligently. A lot of times they may even give you a description on why your power is out. And we estimate the return of service Mm -hmm. in the next hour and 30 minutes. Right. And if it changes, they'll send you an update. Sometimes it changes for you in your favor and sometimes out of your favor. But the reality is, you know, hey, some moron hit a telephone pole and, you know, it took out a bunch of people or you know a lightning strike or whatever and you can Squirrel. your game of reasonable mm-hmm. expectations of here's what's going on and here's when your service will be restored you're not at least from what i've seen so far mm-hmm. you're not getting anything on an explanation on here's what happened and here's what we're doing to fix it and here's where, where it'll be back up so it has to make you wonder do they know what happened and they're not telling us or do they not know and they're trying to f- scramble and figure it out They said some of the customers are experiencing wireless service interruptions this morning. We're working urgently to restore service to them. And that's all you're getting. Yeah, that's pretty vague. I'm going to I'm going to need more detail Mm -hmm. on what's going on. And another thing that it kind of makes you realize is how dependent we are on our cell phone. Yeah, because uh, how much panic are you experiencing when you don't have availability? Well, Don't you ever like we talked about this before. I heard somebody say this years ago and it's true this guy doesn't have a a smartphone he's a somewhat famous podcaster and he doesn't have a cell phone he has a cell phone but he doesn't have a smartphone and he said in my world when i turn my computer off i can go sit under a tree and none of you people exist Mm -hmm. and the only things that bother me are the things that i subject myself to and isn't it interesting as you said how dependent we have become on just needless stuff associated. Like, how many things do you do on your cell phone each day that you're like, this is a vital part of my existence? Mm-hmm. Um, that you could not do without a cellular telephone? Well, I do a lot of, you know, if I'm driving somewhere, I use it for the GPS, for, you know, maps. You but, live two minutes from the radio station, well, Casey. I know, but I'm saying if I'm going someplace that I... How I'm often do you do with. somewhere where you would not know how to get there or it's so complex to get there that you could not go to MapQuest? I don't know. Is MapQuest even a thing any, Get anymore? my Rand McNally uh, back out? I mean, like, let's face it, though. The reality is 95% or more, probably, of the stuff we do on our cellular telephones is complete bull crap. How many calls you make in a day? Not many. Exactly. Maybe one or and, two. And of the calls you make, half my calls are to Jason on the way home anyway. Uh-huh. Yeah. But of of those calls, how many could not wait till in an era where you, you get home or the, the – again, we talked about how few people have landlines, landlines these days. But, right. But, like, what – what like need to know stuff do well, you actually do on your telephone? But what isn't percentage? that it? Because we've now transitioned into this need to be able to communicate constantly. Yeah, you're right. Have the information constantly. Here's um, here's the thing I have discovered about myself 
and uh, go and jot it down. About to admit a flaw oh, uh, no. of myself here. Okay, February twenty second, ten oh eight. I have a very hard time watching television now, other than sporting events, because I'm always wanting to flip to something else. Because I'm like, there must be something else out there better. Like I will. You know, oh, you're looking for the BBD, bigger, better deal. Yes, I'll pick a. Yes, that's it. B, yes, thank you, Casey. <laughs> thank you for uh, <laughs> stating clearly what that was. But mm -hmm. I will start watching something. And especially true on like these crime dramas like Dateline or 48 Hours. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like 10 minutes into it. And I'm like, this is okay, but there's got to be a better one. Because and your I'll attention keep, span yeah, And I'll has just keep shrunk. flipping. And I will catch myself and say, no, you must watch the end of this because look at what you're doing to yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just the way we are in everything. That was the approach I had on my dating life. Which... <laughs> yeah, look at how it worked yeah, look out how it for worked you. Out, right. uh -huh. So I, I just think we're that way with everything now, that there's always we always must see the next thing. We must go to the next thing. There has to be something better out there. The reality is there's not something better out there. But it also shows how much we've transitioned everything over to our phone like you said what what are you doing on your phone that you can't do with other stuff well i go to my phone for gps i go to my phone for my music i go to my phone for news i go to my phone to communicate with my daughter either via text or to call her so if i didn't have that what am i going to transition back to all old school stuff which i don't even have like i have to go buy a rand mcnally i'd have to go get my cds or albums or mp and the world would be a better place her albums albums yeah i said it <laughs> the world would be a better place and i said, i don't agree a, with that at all who's somebody who's addicted to their phone she could text message her daughter with a regular flip phone we used to do it all the time yeah. you don't you don't need a smartphone to, t to text message or do phone calls and i'm saying i'm guilty of this but I think the world was better when we were not instantly connected to everyone. I think relationships were way more meaningful. Because what? When you did have time with them, it meant yes. more? When you did have the conversation, I would enjoy those TV engaged. shows if I didn't have a million of them to access. If somebody were like, here's the entire 32-year season run of Dateline NBC, mm -hmm. I would enjoy each one of those. If somebody, had, when I was, you know... 15 years old had gifted that to me. I'd be like, oh my gosh, that's so cool. I can watch all these crime dramas. And now it's like, I don't appreciate it all. It's like, ah, there's another one. I just got to flip it and find the next one. Well, and we've talked about that with the streaming services, how you can binge watch different things. Yeah. It's it's no longer like Christmas morning. Yes. Like, ooh, the next episode is out. No, because you can just sit there and watch it. And if Absolutely. you don't even like it, you can fast forward through it. Like when it The Sopranos came to get out, to the next Rob one. would drive from Brownsburg to Noblesville, where I lived at the time, <laughs> each week to watch. Because, the, of course, because he, he didn't, didn't have it himself. Of course yeah. not. Yeah. He had to come to your house and Every get it off Monday, of you. Every Monday, there's Rob. Now, you, you said <laughs> texting with the flip phone the old school way. No, see, I don't want to go back to that because I don't want to hit the button three times for one letter. I mean, consider how much easier it is now to communicate. Right, but think about how much how less meaningful many of your relationships are. Mm -hmm. Think about how many casual interactions you have. But when your daughter is out as a teenager in the coming years, she'll be very glad you have that instant connection no, I, to find I'm out fine where she a, is and, and that sort of thing that we didn't have back in the day. I'm fine with her having a phone to be able to call me or text me if she needs something or let me know where she is. She will not have a phone where she can access the Internet. I can absolutely assure you of that. And I don't care if I got to construct a phone because flip phones probably won't exist by then. But there, I just look, and I'm saying this as I'm a total hypocrite. Rob Kendall, complete hypocrite on this issue. I use my <laughs> phone all the time. I'm totally addicted to it. I'm just saying mm -hmm. I'm willing to acknowledge I think I was more happy before 
I was connected to the internet 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There is there is something to it because you do send me pictures of your daughter. I do. And on a regular basis, and I can see her, and there she's adorable, and it's cute. But if you were not able to send me those pictures in the frequency of which you do, when I did see her, I would notice how big she had yeah. become or how she had grown more so than what I do right? because the pictures do are you, so available. Uh, do you find... When I look at photos of myself when I was a kid, those photos, those physical photos, mm-hmm. have a lot of meaning to me because I know that's it. Like if like if something were to happen to those photos, that is the proof of my childhood. <laughs> and they exist in the confines of where they're at, period, end of story. And it's, you know, for... So you, you can sit around way. and look at yourself. Look, look, just play with me here on this. Just let me finish on this where I'm going. Because I think, I think she's going to agree with me that... Those have more meaning because you don't have ready access to a million. Right. I can sit there and in one click take 30 photos of my daughter, mm-hmm. and they're all great, and I love them, but we still print out all sorts of photos in a photo album, Yeah. like the ones we like the best, mm-hmm. because just something about having the physical thing and only access to that thing has more meaning. Yeah. Like, am I just an old man who yells at clouds, or is no, there merit to what I'm you. saying? And something else that I noticed, uh, when Toby Keith passed away, I had posted a picture of myself when I met Toby Keith many yeah, years ago. Yeah, he was into you. And my, oh my, goodness. my eyes were shut in the picture, or, you know, half closed. It was not a right. great photo sure. of me. Had that been taken today, yeah. I would have had a dozen pictures right. of me and Toby Keith, and I would have selected the best one. But because it was before digital photos, that's the picture that I had. So that's the one that, uh, you know. we, we got to get to a break to talk to Ryan Hedrick and Matt yeah. Bear. But before we do this, I'm going to tell you this, and you tell me if this makes me a vain and horrible person. When I met Bruce Springsteen, it was mm-hmm. at a book signing, and it was like the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory uh, golden ticket lottery, where there were 200 people who won – I got in with a buddy, and so we were one of 200 people. And you're in this long, winding line, and they did this great. Instead of signing the book for you, he pre-signed them, and then your greet, they gave you extra time to, like, talk, talk to him. Them, right. Which I thought was phenomenal. Because yeah. nobody actually cares about seeing him sign your book. Right. You want to get the photo. And the whole time, and I'm talking to the people around me, too, they're like, make sure you put your photo, because they took the photo for you. They had the people with, they'd use your phone. But everybody's like, make sure your phone's on burst or blast or whatever that thing oh, that's is. that's a really good so idea. So that way you would avoid getting right. the crappy with photo. With your eyes shut. But is it a bad person? Does it make me a bad or vain person? The whole time I'm like, man, I hope I just get one good decent one. photo out of these bursts or blasts or no, whatever. No, I don't, I don't think that and makes And I'm so you. technologically inept, I had to have the guy I was with show me how you even do that with your <laughs> How phone. to do a burst? I had no idea. No, I, I think because you, he's someone that you admire and you like, so you wanted to make sure that you had a good photo of you with him rather than your yeah. eyes closed, which is what I had. Um, okay, so we've got Matt Bear and Ryan Hedrick. They're going to join us next. They've got this new podcast out. It's, it's great. called Supporting, Supporting Sobriety. I listened to part of it yesterday. It's and, awesome. And you are correct. It is, um, it's really, really interesting. And they're going to join us next to talk about that on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. 
Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. Good morning. It is 17 minutes after 10. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And we are joined in the WIBC studios by the great Matt Bear, hey. traffic maestro extraordinaire, and Ryan Hedrick from the WIBC newsroom. All right, you guys have a new podcast out, and I know you've been doing this for a while, but I, I've been a bad friend. I've been lazy. And then I think I saw Matt post a new episode, and I said, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna go check out the Supporting Sobriety podcast. And it is so good and so well done and i told casey said we have to get these guys mm-hmm. on the show because not only is it compelling uh listening it's going to save lives and so i just wanted to give you guys a segment to talk about this podcast and i guess you know ryan i'll start with you because i had no idea like i know you were kind of buddies in the office but we're not like hanging out at a bellagio together i had no idea the struggles you had had with drug addiction and I'm curious how you guys decided to do this and put this out there because it's hard for people of prominence or known people to admit I have these very serious, you know, in many cases, embarrassing issues. Yeah, there are a lot of people in our industry that have actually lost almost entire careers from addiction. I worked in Baltimore in 2007 and 2008. I was fired from there, fired from stations in in Washington, D.C., twice fired in uh, stations in Kansas. I mean, I, I... derailed my career smoking crack drinking doing meth and all that and i i didn't realize i had a problem through all that stuff through the many treatment centers i spent my time in and and uh, all the people that told me i had problems and stuff like that and when i came to indianapolis i realized that matt was in recovery through cryptic tweets that he was sending out <laughs> you, and, oh, you so you've cryptically tweeted with matt as well i i, I have and, and i reached out to our <laughs> boss david wood and, and i said how can you connect me and this guy on a deeper level and it didn't take any amount of time before we were having coffee at the coat check on mass avenue talking yeah. about our experiences in recovery and bonding through experience strength and hope and that's what drew me to him matt i i knew you before you got help i knew you the couple opportunities you went that didn't go so great and now i look at you now and you look like a, I tell you this every day you look like a million damn dollars Thank and everybody you. was cheerleading for you all the people that work here and i'm just curious you know when ryan approached you with this because i know you're a very private person did you have hesitancy of putting your story out there? I did, but I didn't. The thing was, we talk, and we just got done talking about this a little bit. Um, when we tell our stories in this sobriety, supporting sobriety podcast, um, they're like second nature to us because that's what we do in recovery. We talk about all these horrible things we've done and all this horrible behavior that we presented. And but at the same time, I'm like, dude, you were drunk on the air here. I, yeah. People know, people know that you have an issue. And so 
Combining the two, I, I was able to think, okay, maybe we can actually help somebody with this. But but for me, the mystery was already out. There was no unwinding that clock. I mean, people know that I'm an alcoholic, and now I'm an alcoholic in recovery. But I was I was straight up intoxicated on the air trying to do traffic, and, mm-hmm. and I remember that. Ryan Hedrick and Matt Barrer guest. They have a new fabulous podcast. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Supporting sobriety. It's just it's just so great. Casey, go ahead. Ryan, I was listening to uh, the podcast yesterday, and. And I was just amazed at the stories that you were telling. And the one that struck me the most, I think, was the turning point for you. Mm-hmm. And that's when you said that you walked home backwards. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell our listeners about that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I was living in Santa Monica. And it's the first time that the turning point was my mother realized I had a problem. I had uh, injected myself with way too much crystal meth my dealer um wanted to get me high so he could get me out of his apartment because i was there for several days and i had to be at a job so he injected me for the first time i walked backwards down santa monica boulevard to Ticketmaster, where i was a, a call center operator because i didn't want anybody to attack me from behind because methamphetamine puts you into psychosis yeah uh, and, and because you were paranoid, I was. Oh yeah, I was super paranoid. Yep. And uh, I arrived at Ticketmaster and got fired about five minutes later because they saw how high I was. But you know that was really the turning point where my mom's like, "I know he's partying, but now it's a problem, yeah. and now I have to take action." Is, is part of what this podcast, Matt? I'll, I'll go with you first. Is part of the goal with this podcast for people to hear you guys who that you're in their living rooms every day you're in their homes every day your trusted voices in terms of obviously traffic and the news and that you guys say look this can be anybody that this impacts and anybody can actually recover from it it's the people behind the people that we want to help the people behind the addicts and alcoholics like ryan and i and when we're talking about supporting sobriety i put my family through so much with my alcoholism and my behavior. And I said things to my father. It's all profanity laced, so I can't say it on the air here, but just some horrendous, terrible things. And I, I think through that experience, and Ryan and I talk about this all the time, that maybe we can talk about, hey, here are some action things you can do to help the addict and alcoholic like us. Because my parents didn't know what to do because they didn't have anybody else in the family like me. I mean, it was a culture of drinking. We all drank all the time. We partied. They still party. But to this day, they hadn't seen anything like the way I drink. So it's able to help them out, and it's able to help out people that aren't familiar with fentanyl and don't know that there are drugs. I just learned this a couple of minutes ago. There are drugs out there that Narcan can't help. Yep. It's amazing. It is amazing. And so we look at those guys and say, okay, let's let's give some information from our experience. We're speaking from ourselves. We're not speaking as people that get paid to help recovery people. We are in recovery ourselves, and that's hopefully how we can help. Yeah, out. I do want to like reiterate that this is not a war story podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. We're not hammering home how devastating addiction is. We're offering hope, yeah. and we have people that are talking about people that they love and how to help them. I think the more we could reinforce the 
solution, the better the podcast will be. You know what's crazy is when I heard you guys were doing a podcast together, and I, it's going to be Ryan and Matt, and this is what they're going to be talking about. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that you'd had the, these issues to overcome, Ryan. I thought, well, that's cool that Ryan is helping Matt out with his mm -hmm. podcast. <laughs> and then the first episode, because I listened to him in reverse order, and you're talking about you were doing something with baseball, and you went to Baltimore, and you're like, yeah, I was just, just, just high, just completely high and wasted. The entire time I was like, Ryan? Yeah, that was a stigma episode because I was being stigmatized by an employer who I couldn't confess to I was using, and I was so entrapped by the addiction that I didn't know where to turn for help. So the only way to, to talk about the help was, again, cryptically. Um, and, and, you know, there's a lot of people that are ashamed to come forward, right, with I have a problem. But I think through all of the stuff the country has been involved with the opioid crisis. People are now finally starting to realize that it's a disease, not a moral deficiency. I love, I love what Ryan says there because what we're trying to do is normalize recovery. Not necessarily normalize being an addict or alcoholic, but normalize recovery and get it into recovery like there's no shame here in saying I have a problem yep. and I need help and I can't do this K alone. Casey, I felt like, you know, we talked about like binge watching TV. Mm -hmm. When I got through all the episodes yeah. they've done, I was so mad that it was over right. because I was like, I want... I keep, want to hear more going. of these God stories. Yeah, like, keep going. It, it's so great. Matt, you had mentioned all of the horrible and awful things that you had done to your family and your father. And I'm curious, how do you gain their trust back? But more importantly, how do you gain trust back in yourself? Ooh, well, that is a good question, Casey. <laughs> it really it's, very, is, it, yeah. it's loaded up. And here's how this works. Um, my recovery process is making a living amends to everybody, which means um, if I jump off again, well, you know, one, it's going to be curtains for me. But two, you know, I, I'm kind of saying to my family that, um, yeah, all the hard work you put into me as well as I put into myself just didn't matter. So making that living amends, if, if I can be loving, if I can be present, if I can show up, that's part of the deal. And that's part of me saying I'm sorry. And, and there is a 12-step process mm -hmm. you go through, and, and we don't talk a lot about that because there's anonymity there. Yeah. And But the living amends coming into work on time i'm making an amends to the people that i i, I used to work with in the newsroom okay yeah. that, that when i used to show up late and say oh i locked my keys in a truck in my car that's such bs i, I overslept you know <laughs> come on I, I i lied to everybody it's what we do as alcoholics but if i'm honest now having said that and i don't expect to be forgiven uh, we what do you mean by that? I, I don't expect to be forgiven because the process involves me and me trying to be yep. a better person. Nobody has any obligation to forgive me. That's crazy about how yeah. much more accountable you guys are than I am to myself. <laughs> because I'm always like, it's everybody else's fault but mine. But, but the first thing they teach in a 12-step program is you get ready to make an amends and then you make the amends, but the first amends you make is to yourself. It's, yes. It's and, that's the the, step. and that's where the trust in yourself comes in? Correct. Yeah, it's the forgiving of yourself. You can't, I can't forgive you if I don't forgive myself. Mm. Yeah, and, and the thing about this is you have to learn to forgive yourself. I mean, you have to learn it as you want people to be patient with you. You have to be patient with yourself. And that is a hard thing. I mean, even I'm two and a half years sober, over two and a half years sober, and I still don't trust myself. On but you probably things. don't put yourself in situations where you know things could go wrong or oh, you're sure more aware of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure, I do every day. And I say dumb things every single day. Uh, right. Matt Bear and Ryan Hedrick are our guests. Just a couple minutes left with them. They've got this fabulous new Supporting Sobriety podcast. Just look it up wherever you get your podcast. It's totally worth 
a listen. I think you guys have six six episodes. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, we're yes. dropping seven next Wednesday. Yeah. We're constantly. It's working like Yellowstone ahead. now. I gotta I gotta know <laughs> yeah. what happened next. Right, and, and we're looking. We're 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 really looking for partnerships at this point. In Indianapolis, we're losing four people a day to fentanyl overdoses, which is horrific. Wow. However. Um, there are thousands of men and women out there that are recovering. So there's the hope, right? There's the mm-hmm. solution. And and I think that's a great part of this podcast. Like you said, you guys kind of have a formula where at the beginning of the show, you tell some of the things you've done, but then it transitions into, hey, we're interviewing somebody that's a part of the the, the you know 12-step program or yep. sponsors. or And I think that's so great because I'm just saying from a broadcasting standpoint, you're totally drawn in about, what train wreck thing did Matt do this time? And then you're totally hooked and you hear the next thing, which keeps people around for the meat and potatoes of it. And you guys are willing to use your own issues to help other people. And that is like just the greatest thing ever. I, I It's amazing. It's amazing you said that because that's what we're trying to do. We, hey! want, to provide, yeah, we want to provide action steps. We want to give, uh, well, what do you say at the end of every episode, Ryan? Where there's breath, there's hope. And and that has to be the formula because nobody wants to listen to a doom and gloom podcast Mm -hmm. where all you hear that the reality of addiction is death. Because, yes, there is jails, institutions, and death. You do die from addiction, but people recover, just like me and Matt. Hey, before we go, I just want want to say this because I, I have not known Ryan nearly as long as I've known you. But you are, and I tell this to you all the time, you are a an inspiration and and a hope to everybody because where you were and i don't know what the exact time was maybe it was five years ago to where you are now it was like every day we would come in and say i hope matt is at work today and now i look at you and we just say i hope we look like matt someday (laughs) and and the transformation that you have had is just totally incredible and I love that you guys are doing this podcast, and I hope we pick it up and run it on the radio station. I hope Network Indiana picks it up. Mm-hmm. I hope it gets nationally syndicated. I hope it uh, gets some partners like they're yeah, seeking. Yeah, I, I just thank, thank you. you guys for the for doing that supporting yeah, thank you for the opportunity. sobriety podcast. And if we could do like three episodes a week, that'd be really good for me <laughs> while I'm working out. What he's out. saying is pick up the pace, guys. Come on. He needs right on. more. He needs more. So it's called Supporting Sobriety, and you can find it where you find your podcast. Thank you, Matt Bear. Thank you, Ryan Hedrick. We appreciate thank you. you. Uh, can I give the Twitter real quick? Absolutely. Okay, yeah, it's at sobriety. Am I getting this right? At sobriety underscore pod. Uh, yeah. At sobriety I, yeah. underscore pod. I thought pod. it was supporting underscores pod, but it's it's not. I don't think it is. I don't have my phone with me. That's all I'm right. an alcoholic. I can't remember <laughs> anything. They have hey, a Twitter handle. Like they say, I'll keep coming back. Yeah, you know? keep coming back. Here's <laughs> what we'll do. We'll check it out during the break, yep. and then when we come back from the break, we'll give out the Twitter handle. Thank you yeah. for the time, guys. You guys are the best. Yeah, we love you guys. Thank you to WIBC. We love you too, man. Yeah. Love you. It's Kendall and Casey. It's 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Did you know St. Jude has one of the largest pediatric sickle cell programs in the country? St. Jude freely shares the discoveries they make, and every child saved at St. Jude means doctors and scientists worldwide can use this knowledge to save thousands more children everywhere. Join me today in helping to fight sickle cell disease by becoming a partner in hope. Call now, 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898.
it's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. number 317-684-8444 if you'd like to contribute your voicemail with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC but before we get into those uh, let's remind everybody what the Twitter account is for the Supporting Sobriety podcast featuring Matt Bear and Ryan Hedrick. So we did a little investigative research during the break so if you missed last segment go back and listen to it wait till our show's over today we don't care what you do during cats just (laughs) but wait till noon and then you go back and listen Mm -hmm. it's a 10-15 segment Matt Bear and Ryan Hedrick were here uh, to talk about their new podcast they have. You can get it wherever you get your podcast called uh, Supporting Sobriety. And at the end, we said they said, hey, we got a Twitter handle. And then they got in a little spat with each other about what the handle actually was. And they said, we'll look it up during the break and we'll <laughs> let you know. And it is sobriety underscore pod. Sobriety underscore pod. Give it a listen. Even if you are not a person struggling with addiction, everybody knows somebody mm-hmm. who's struggled with addiction. And it's just... Look, I, I say this, I feel bad saying this, Casey, but it's the hook to get people in. It's actually really good radio. Yeah. Like, it's actually good to sit and listen to. And I just kept listening to him yesterday. I was on, running the daddy daycare service, and Livy was taking a nap, and I just sat there and listened to probably three or four episodes. I'm like, this is, like, it's really serious content, and it's really important content. But they're great storytellers. It, and they're great broadcasters. It's mm-hmm. so great. Give it, Give it one shot. If you are bored or don't like it, then you can say, Rob, you misled me, but you will love the Supporting Sobriety mm-hmm, podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're, we're so happy that they're both on the road to recovery. Yeah. Most importantly. Okay, so let's hear from you. Somebody wanted to call and make a comment about uh, your president, Joe Biden. Hey, good morning, Rob and Casey. Good to be speaking at you folks again and all the wonderful people in your listening audience. Word is from the American Broadcasting Corporation is that they're going to ditch every one of the Schoolhouse Rock episodes now because we have a new power in this country. Now it's going to be Biden Rock. <laughs> Mr. Joe Biden decided that he's going to forgive all the college debt and he's sticking his finger in the eye or his thumb in the eye, if you want to call it that, to the Supreme Court and saying, hey, we don't care what they say. We don't care what the courts say. We're just going to go ahead and do it according to my feelings. Of course, this is on the student debt thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there'll be some others come around. Uh, word is on the street that he's also going to do something about the border. Gee, does anybody think it might be an election year? <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. And we love Southside Tom. He's great. He's a longtime listener of the show. I've met Tom before. He's an awesome dude. And he's right about that. But ultimately, this rests with the Republicans in the House because they control the money. And they could stop that by saying, if you dare excuse any more college debt we're chopping this out of the next spending deal oh you want to keep playing then we'll chop this out of the next deal they don't chop anything casey there's never any threat to biden there's never any accountability and yes obviously it's in direct defiance of a supreme court ruling Mm -hmm. but the republicans have the actual ability to stop him and they never do apparently an email went out to about 150,000 students yesterday saying i'm canceling your debt i hope this relief gives you a little bit more breathing room where's my email yeah the one who actually saved and put her daughter through college without any sort of student loan debt 
transfer because that's what it is. You can't cancel debt. You can only transfer it to somebody else. And uh, so I'm wondering where my email is. Uh, Should I hold my breath? Well, it's interesting you said that because I was, uh, you know, I don't have cable, so I walk next to my neighbor's house uh, to watch watch things mm-hmm. that are on cable. Just like you did with Jason and yeah. the Sopranos years ago. You go you go to other people's homes. At least it's not all the way to Noblesville. Yeah. <laughs> Boy. Uh, he was always like, why don't you just get HBO? Oh, it's really expensive. Why do that when you have it? So uh, you walked over to your dad's house yesterday. Yeah, and we were watching the IU game or what resembled an mm-hmm. IU game. Um and by the way, I've started betting against IU. Yeah. Like just like I do with the Bears. So yeah. that way either I'm gonna my team's gonna win or I'm gonna make money. So we made quite a hammer and I did well yesterday. Very good. But uh we were while the game was on, because obviously it was hard to watch that game, we started talking about the student loan thing and we started talking about you and mm-hmm. I said, like, even though you are ridiculously wealthy, it still probably really sticks in your crawl that you <laughs> did everything the right way. Yeah. And the crazy thing is other ridiculously wealthy people are going to benefit from from this student loan debt cancellation. Mm-hmm. Like there in many cases there's no means testing. Not that, that would make it any better, but there are just wealthy people who have no business having their student loans canceled and they're going to get out with freebies well and biden even came out yesterday and he was saying that he's also he's helping people who didn't go to college by doing this how in the world is that even possible hey i i think uh if i might tell a story here real quick um because I think Hammer's running a little behind today, and okay. he's got a whole bunch of stuff going on at, at, his, at his house. He's fine, by the way. He's There's counting nothing. his winnings from last so night. So I'm going to go ahead and tell this uh, this story. Um, I, there was a police standoff in front of my house yesterday. That's right. Did I, you find out what happened? This is crazy. So, um, so we were getting ready to go for a walk. My wife and Olivia and I were getting ready to go for a walk. And so, you know, we get the stroller ready and everything. And this is probably... I don't know, 7.15-ish, mm-hmm. and we go open the garage door and go out, and my wife looks to the north and is like, hey, there's a bunch of fire trucks in the middle of the road. They didn't have their lights on or anything, but there's an ambulance, a fire truck, are sitting in the middle of our road. And I was like, well, that's kind of weird. And then I look to the right, and I see all these police cars, and they're in like a horseshoe shape. Mm-hmm. They don't have their lights on again. There's no you know, sirens or anything. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And then realize my neighbor across the street, Denny and Linda, who are awesome, is making a motion like a rifle with this hand. And I'm like, what is what? like, is there like, Leo? my wife starts shouting at me, get back in the house. Well, yeah. And I said, no, I'm going across the street to talk to Denny to find out what's going on. So she's shouting at me as I'm walking to the middle of the road. And he's like, yeah, there's something going on down there with the police. And I don't know if somebody's got a gun or what. So, of course, we did the Indiana thing. We started watching <laughs> from the garage. garage yeah. And we figured out the house was far enough down, and this is a total guy thing, and it's ridiculous. But I figured out the house was far enough down that there's no way a gunman could have got to mm-hmm. us where we were. Okay. But this was like a, I don't know, this went on for like 30 minutes or an hour. They were shining the light on the house. They were telling the person to come out of the house. Finally, a woman comes out with her hands up doing the walk like you see on TV. Yeah. They don't arrest her. They just eventually um like they keep kind of talking to her they don't cover her. they're talking to her they go around the back of the house they eventually go in the house with the rifles uh, you know up uh-huh. and they come back out and then we kind of figured that okay we've seen enough here the ambulance and the fire truck left so clearly the threat of anything they have viewed is gone so we left so the only thing we can gather is maybe there was someone of a threat in the house who fled the house? Maybe she called nine one. I mean, again, you're just speculating right. here because my da- my dad said um, 
that they put the woman in the police car but didn't cuff her and took her away, so maybe they were keeping her for safekeeping. I don't know. What kind of sketchy neighborhood are you well, living in? Well, you've been to my street. It's a pretty nice suburban street, mm-hmm. Casey. I know. What's but going on there? I don't know. I have no idea, but that was the... Uh, that was some excitement oh you had. Oh, my goodness, yeah. All right, well, you're going to have to go start talking to the neighbors and find <laughs> out. We need to know. Yeah, that's the la- the last thing that lady would want to hear from is me right now. Well, you don't need to ask her, but I'm sure people next to her know. So, like, well, like I was a game of telephone, I don't know. The info will get down to your house soon enough uh, because we need to know what was going on. We do have a couple more phone calls. I do want to get to these uh, last uh, why don't, why don't we take Why don't we take a break? Because I think Hammer's not going to be here today. Oh, is he blowing us off? Well, I, like I said, he's got something going on in <laughs> his house and so i think he's, okay uh, I, so why don't we do f- these phone calls when we come back perfect it's kendall and casey on 93 wibc fed rate cut plans have reduced mortgage rates more than a full point and dropping if you've been waiting to sell now is the time maximize your home sales price with the agent and team i recommend mark deedle maybe you're worried about costly repairs or upgrades to sell your home Mark Deedle guarantees your home sold at a mutually agreed upon price and deadline, or he will buy it. Listen to what Andy and Kim in Fortville had to say about working with Mark Deedle. We have an eight-month-old, and it was time to add more space. We heard about Mark Deedle on the radio and hired them. What they say is true. Our old home had multiple offers and went under contract in 48 hours, while at the same time, they helped us find the perfect new, bigger place. Call the agent I trust and recommend and the agent who guarantees your home sold or he'll buy it. Call Mark Deedle at 317-755-4232 for all the details or go online to markdeedle.com. That's Mark, D-I-E-T-E-L.com. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. St. Jude treats children across the country and around the world, regardless of color, creed, or financial capability, because they're committed to love and care for their neighbors. Join me in helping St. Jude give every child with cancer the chance they deserve to survive. Together, we can save more lives. Call now to become a partner in hope. 1-800-411-9898. That's 1-800-411-9898. Ten minutes away from 11 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Continuing on with some of your phone calls at 317-684-8444. Something you want to contribute, by all means, give that a call and uh, let us know what is on your mind. Somebody wanted to call. We had Curtis Hill on the uh, program earlier this yes. week. And somebody wanted to call and make a comment about him running for governor. Good morning, Rob and Casey. I just want to make a comment about the appearance of uh, Curtis Hill yesterday on your radio program, and I am now firmly convinced that he is the best man for the mayor, excuse me, for the governor uh, of Indiana. Uh, he would also be the best person for the mayor, the mayor of Indianapolis. We'd <laughs> gladly take Curtis Hill. Right. Uh, look, I, you know, everybody's going to work through their own process on this. I think when you hear Curtis, he's by far the best articulator of conservatism, and I think he's the most if you look at actual track records he's the only guy during covid who cared at all about you and tried to do anything for you and look it's it's kind of an underwhelming crop and curtis is probably the best of an underwhelming crop of people and i'm not prepared to say i'm voting for anyone right now but i think if the election were today it would probably go to curtis but i'm still 
I can still be swayed. You're not throwing your endorsement like, behind him just here, yet? Here's the thing about Braun. Mm -hmm. If Mike Braun were to come on this show and were to be able to articulate why he voted for 40-plus tax increases in 2017, if he were to be able to articulate why he voted for the largest tax increase in Indiana history, the tax on gas, I might actually be open to voting for him. And I think a lot of people who will be able to sway would be open to voting for him, too. He's been a pretty okay senator. Now, he voted for some of that COVID money in the beginning, which was totally ridiculous. Totally, totally, totally ridiculous. And I'd love to know his explanation on that. But for the most part, he's been an okay senator. But he would have to explain to me why he voted for those tax increases. And eventually, I think he's going to have to explain to the public at large anyway, because if Chambers or Doden or any of these guys have brain one inside, brain cell one inside their head, they're going to run ads ripping him apart for voting for those tax increases. I'm curious, at what point do one of them start dropping out, and who will that be? Well, we talked about that uh, you know, before. You and I have talked about that offline. Mm -hmm. Here's the only issue with that. You're already on the ballot. Mm. So what? Why, is, why drop like out? Like, if you're Jamie Rittenauer... Yeah. You went to all that effort to get those signatures. Mm -hmm. She's probably not going well to win. She's probably in. not going to raise the money necessary to yeah. win. But why would you drop out? You already did the work. You might as well, if it's about getting a message out there, you might as well go ahead and see the exercise through. Well, it's yeah. the same thing Nikki Haley's doing. Well, right. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean, I think all the I think the only difference is all of the candidates that are still in the governor's race at this point believe there's some path to get them elected governor. Now, will that be the case in Here's what I did. Somebody sent this to me, Casey. Did you see that Doden posted a video of him shooting baskets? I think this was in Danville, Indiana, on his Twitter feed. No. And somebody sent this to me and said, remember the last candidate running for a statewide well, that office? Holcomb, wasn't it was it? Holcomb. Yeah. It was totally out of money. Now Doden is totally not out of money, and he can't be out of money because of how stupid rich he He's is. He's using it. that same playbook? Well, but it's like, ah, if that's your campaign strategy, shooting baskets, eh, mm -hmm. that didn't work out too well for the last guy. Although I guess Holcomb did become governor in the same year he was dead last in a u.s senate primary and dropped out oh yeah here it is as uh as doden wrapped up his tour in danville he found himself on a basketball court as any true hoosier candidate does flawlessly making nine baskets in a row that's pretty good around the world style oh that's pretty good he made nine shots in a row yeah he, he should did. go play for the indiana hoosiers because i watched them shoot last night and they appears they could really use eric doden on their team <laughs> <laughs> he did. He actually made all nine, so that's good. That is really good. Um, did you do that when you were down in the MS gym? I made ten in a row. So no, you did not. Oh, for sure I no, did, Rob. No, you did not. You know I did. <laughs> you know I did. You should run for Congress, Casey. I, I, you know what? If you want to come down there to the gym with me, we can play a round of horse or pig or whatever it is. I just need a day or two because my shoulder oh, still yeah. hurts from it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's, uh, let's do one more phone call about the uh, supporting supporting sobriety broadcast podcast rather yes, from matt bear and uh ryan hedrick i'm gonna wish them the best on their adventure on being sober uh my name is dave i listen to you all the time and i'm going on my eighth year of sobriety excellent good luck guys love it and that's the that's great. support of the for him. supporting sobriety okay so we were talking about Neuralink. Yesterday, yeah, the thing in your brain, the new chips. thing from the chip in your brain from Elon Musk, and here's a comment about that. Hey, I was listening to you talk about the brain chip implant, and I, I get where you're coming from on tempting God and and messing with the creation and all that, but we've been doing that for a very very long time. Plastic 
surgery was messing with the creation. Pharmaceutical companies have been messing with the creation. We've been screwing up our bodies for centuries at this point, and, uh, and God's going to let us do what we do. And uh, I don't know, but I, I don't think the brain chip is any worse than what we've already done. It's an interesting, I mean, when you think about it, he does have a point that we have it's true. done many things. Look at all the cosmetic procedures you've had. I haven't had any. <laughs> You're all natural beautiful, Casey. That's the best part about you. It's 100% wonderful. It's naturally. real and it's fantastic. <laughs> it is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.